showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to episode 55 of Saturday Matinee Theater, brought to you by your friends at the Longbox Crusade. We are here in jolly old England in our recording studio set up at 221B Baker Street. I'm your host, Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist. Some know me as the Death Probe. And joining me, as always, is the Watson to my Sherlock, Pat Sampson, a.k.a. DJ Christados. How are we feeling today, Dr. Christados? I am feeling good. I'm feeling frisky. Anybody want to duel me? We'll play for pipes. <laughs> nah, man. No? No takers? That, that sounded a little weird on the lot of I'm so good. <laughs> I've been practicing. I don't want any parts of it, man. Uh, you look swashbuckler. Yeah, you, you, you're looking good. You look like you're ready to get all the confidence in the world. Mm-hmm. I'm not taking you up on that, man. I'm not ready. I'm not. Sure. I hurt my ankle this week. Okay. So then I'll take your pipes later. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> let's move on. Also joining me is the Mycroft in my Sherlock. It's my older, wiser brother, Jason the Weasel Skull Walbrick. Hey, everybody. I've been. Uh, Practicing my palm reading here. Delvin, let me see your hand. All right. All right. Oh, you look like you've got a long life ahead of you. Lots of good fortune. I see you've recently relocated, I think, judging by the, well, calluses on your hand. Yeah. uh, Oh, nice. Jared, let me see your hand. Here you are. Oh. Not good. Um, On with the show, everybody. Let's Uh, go. Well, that is ominous portend. Does that mean I'm going to win him in my duel? If Possibly. you duel him, it's not looking good for him, Pat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Staying away from the duels. We also have with us our favorite constable. It's Delvin the Dark Web Wilkins. And how do you do, Bobby Wilkins? I'm great, but uh, what time is it? It's about 10.23. Okay. It's a few hours away then from Raider time, so I think I'm good to go. <laughs> Raider time. That happens around 3.30, I think. 3.31, I believe. 3.31. Yes. Well done. Well done, sir. That's that's called a teaser, folks. All right. And we do have a guest with us this evening from Secret Wars and Beyond. We have Dr. G, the man of nerdology. Welcome to 221B Baker Street. Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. It's, it's an honor to be here in this lovely victorian flop house of a (laughs) section of rooms that they they get from mrs hudson (laughs) yes ironically uh delvin and jason and i did all the decorating pat didn't help at all well i only do it in the united states when we fly overseas that's not my i I, I know that's why we 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 did it well mrs hudson did most of it but (laughs) and mary jane yeah don't speak her name. <laughs> Anyways, Dr. G, you get to answer the one-two punch of questions here at Saturday Matinee Theater, being that's your first time, and we're happy to have you. Your one-two punch of questions is as follows. What is your first memory of Sherlock Holmes, and what is your favorite iteration of the character? Ooh, um, I'm going to have to say my first memory of Sherlock Holmes is Jeremy Brett and the BBC. Um, mm-hmm. We get that a lot. Yeah, and that's also my yeah. favorite. Well, we get that a lot too. We get that a lot too. Uh, he just he owned it. He owned it a lot, and I think it just yeah. No, it was just so good. It was so good. It was my. Favorite. We got it so often that Gene Hendricks reached out to me. He was like, 
how can you not have seen these Brett shows? I'm like, I haven't seen them. And he literally bought me the DVD set. And now we podcast about it. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. We got that. That answer so often on this show. It just bugged him to no end. That <laughs> I had seen it. And then Jason got it. Jason watched them all. And I'm glad you remember because I'm waiting for my uh, call back on to be on the show. Let's I'm move on. Then. Let's move on. Pat, what's the show description <laughs> here for our, for our show here at uh, Saturday Matinee Theater? Well, Jared, I'm glad you asked. Saturday Matinee Theater is a retro review, sometimes index show, brought to you by the Longbox Crusade, where we will be taking you back to the past with some potentially overlooked retro awesomeness in the realm of television, movie serials, or films. Basically, if it's vintage and it's kind of forgotten, we're going to dig it up. On this episode, we will continue our indexing of all 39 episodes of the 1954 television series. Sherlock Holmes. 1954's Sherlock Holmes was produced by Sheldon Reynolds. It starred Ron Howard as Sherlock Holmes and H. Marion Crawford as Dr. Watson. So take off your deerstalker cap, light that pipe, get cozy by the fireplace, and let the soothing violin music of Mr. Sherlock Holmes whisk you away into the past. But don't forget, this is no time for some palm tricks. You can decide what kind of palm tricks they are. Okay, folks, before we hand it over to Delvin for this episode's info, let's take a look, or in this case, a listen, to a commercial that would have been playing back in the time this episode was released in 1955. This will help get us into the right time frame of mind, if you will, and transport us back to the 1950s. For this episode's commercial retro rewind, we have the Westinghouse refrigerator. The Raiders strike at 331. Yes, these youngsters just got out of school and they're making a beeline to their favorite fountain that serves the best drink in town. It's the automatic twin juice fountain in the 1955 Westinghouse refrigerator. It serves delicious fruit juice, freshly mixed at the touch of a finger. And how those children love that lemonade. And there's no work to it, you know. All you do is keep a supply of thawed juice concentrate in here. That's all you have to do. You can keep lemonade over there and orange juice here for breakfast. And then when you want juice, you just press this tap and the fountain automatically mixes the concentrate with just the right amount of cold water and air to give it nature's own freshness. And this Westinghouse 1955 refrigerator is frost-free, too. And that means no defrosting in the freezer and no defrosting in the refrigerator. What's more, it's a Westinghouse food file refrigerator that gives you a special place and a special cold for every kind of food. Well, for instance, here is a huge freezer, the exclusive beverage keeper and meat keeper, roomy shelves that roll out, and two big humid drawers that keep vegetables fresh for days. Then over on the door, the special storage space for fresh fruits, small bottles, cheese, butter, and even a special storage space for eggs, too. No other refrigerator made today is so convenient. Go see your authorized Westinghouse dealer and ask him to show you the automatic twin juice fountain and all the other time-saving features that are available only in the new 1955 Westinghouse refrigerators. And remember, you can be sure if it's Westinghouse. 
Okay, what you guys think of the Westinghouse refrigerator commercial? We will start with you, Dr. G. Uh, my first thought was, close that fridge door. You're not trying to freeze the whole house. <laughs> I was thinking the yes. same thing, too. That was like, yes. the first thing I thought. I was like, those pig kids better shut that door. Better shut that door. <laughs> that door's open more than two seconds, boy. I would have I I got a slipper thrown at my head <laughs> door open. <laughs> Oh, man. But, yeah, it's, like, two juice dispensers. Now I that, want that. I want that. <laughs> man, you must have to clean it a bunch, though. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. That's sugary. That's sugary liquids. Sitting in, <laughs> that's sitting, a good point. Sitting in the dispenser. That, that, that probably went. That's probably why we don't still see them. That's a good point, because when I saw the commercial, I was like, I want that in my fridge, man. That looks awesome. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, I've never seen that in my entire life. Like. Where has this been? Why uh, haven't I, I had I think this? Dr. G's on or something. It was probably a real pain in the nuts to clean it. Yeah, because I would like, if you didn't clean it frequently, it would get like, you could get sick. <laughs> you get sick. <laughs> Although now I, I see that and I'm like, why don't they build refrigerators with soda streams built into them? <laughs> uh, now we're on to something. Pat, what do you think? Westinghouse refrigerator. I thought about too is, you know, closing that freaking door. You, you got to close that door. Um <laughs> But uh, the other thing is, too, the, the human drawers or whatever, I'm like, you know, has anybody ever figured those out, what level you need to put stuff at? I no. mean, I got I got two in my fridge, and I don't know what level it is. And I don't know if there's a fruit, there's a Mine's veggie. full of Reese's like, Cups and shame. <laughs> 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 Some oh, morning, I'll lose the day. I guess they call them crispers now, right? They're, yeah, they're, like something. They're, like they're basically the crisper drawers. Yeah, right? I don't. They got settings on. I don't think they do anything, Pat. No. <laughs> I'm like, I, yeah. Every time I put something in, it doesn't really last that long. I'm like, well, I'm, am I doing something wrong with this thing? Or yeah, Jason Westinghouse. Well, you know, I got to put on my uh, environmental specialist hat here and just say that that's a lot of global warming pollutants in that uh, refrigerator. So she needs to make sure if she's selling that refrigerator in the state of Washington. She registers with uh, Washington Department of Ecology. She can contact me. Can I please see Go. the refrigerator, Doctor Beckman? Oh, never miss a chance! All right, Delvin Westinghouse refrigerator. Well, in addition to those boys that kept the refrigerator open too long, either they need to stay in the house or out the house. Like, don't be running don't run in and out. The ha- like, you letting the air out. Like, okay, <laughs> exactly. I'm just refrigerator saying, I- and the AC. Mm-hmm. They look so pleased with that juice. They put their arms around each other. They're like, yeah, we got you. <laughs> That's not brothers. That's not brothers. There were no, there were, there were no fist, fo- fist thrown to see who yeah, gets juice like, first. Yeah, pushing each other yeah, to the yeah. get into the Those door. are some well-dressed kids, too. Like, yeah. they just came from playing, and they look that neat. They look like they smelled good, for God's sake. They didn't look <laughs> all unkempt and dirty like kids mm. normally do. And, and, that refrigerator was so packed. Yeah. No how many refri- eggs do they need, man? <laughs> oh how many eggs were in there? No refrigerator has that much food in it. No, I just that door was like, is it was it all like soda cans? Like and like all uniform. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I was like, good. or it was like, or was that dad's beers? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, this dad, he's got gin and one of those things and juice. That's, that's in the top drawers right underneath <laughs> the freezer. 
Oh, there the we go. Drawer, yeah. One dispenser's gin, one dispenser's Ooh. juice. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> got my money and my money. money. Oh, <laughs> got my interest. Say it. I was like, mm. <laughs> wow. I'm going to pitch that. Patent pending, patent pending, patent pending. <laughs> before we go, before we go, that lady's dress was on point. I was, I noticed that too. It was a yep. sharp looking dress. That was I mean, a sharp looking dress. That would pass her. military inspection. I mean, she had no creases whatsoever. She was, yeah, she's wearing polish. And uh, if for those of you that want to see that dress, all you got to do is go to YouTube and type Westinghouse Refrigerator 1955. You'll find it. Well, having said that, now we are in our 1950s mindset. So here's Delvin with the episode info. Episode 34 of Just Five to Go was titled The Case of the Royal Murder. The original air date was 27 June 1955. The director was Steve Previn. The writers were Charles and Joseph Early, with guest stars Lise Borden as Princess Antonia, Jacques Dacomine as King Conrad, Jacques Francois as Count Magnor, and Maurice Tenac as Prince Stephen. As a reminder, all 39 episodes are available on YouTube. We highly encourage you to watch this episode before proceeding with this podcast, because not only is it just more fun that way, but Jared is about to give a synopsis about this episode, and we're going to discuss it. There are probably some spoilers heading your way, so if you haven't watched this episode, we recommend you pause here, go check it out on YouTube, and come back to join our discussion. And at only 26 minutes per episode, it's not a big time to make. For those of you who are watching along with us, we'd love to hear your insights. Don't forget to comment about the show on Twitter using the hashtag, I'm following Holmes, Jared. Hashtag, I'm following Holmes. Jason. Hashtag, I'm following Holmes. Pat. Hashtag, I'm following Holmes. Dr. G. Hashtag, I'm following Holmes. They're following Holmes. I'm following Holmes. Jared's reading the plot summary. Let's do it. Watson are enjoying some time in Central Europe as guests at a local king's hunting lodge. But as one might suspect, murder strikes one evening at dinner as Prince Stefan dies by poisoning right there at the dinner table. King Conrad hires Holmes to investigate and specifically to clear his name. Because if he's found guilty, it'll mean war between Conrad and Stefan's two countries. Unfortunately for the king, all the evidence keeps pointing to him as the chief suspect. In fact, he becomes so displeased with the results of the investigation, he locks Holmes and Watson in his prison. Is King Conrad as guilty as he seems? Will Holmes and Watson be able to both break out of prison and solve the case? And just how good are Holmes' fencing skills? Tune in, find out. All right, 
team, it's time to go through our usual two rounds of highs and lows. We're only giving one high or one low in round one, and then one high or one low in round two, Pat. Hmm? What? Never mind. <laughs> All right. So for round one, Dr. G, do you have a high or a low? Maybe a question? What do you got? The high on it was definitely that this Watson was not kind of a bungler like Nigel Bruce. Excellent observation, Dr. G, because as we've been going through this in my research, that's one thing I found that H. Marion Crawford wanted to do was to not be a bungler. And Sheldon Reynolds was in favor of that, making him just a little more sharp. In a recent episode, he actually like beat a guy at chess. Remember that, guys? That was a pretty good one. Yeah. Uh, yeah but really no, like that's that. a great observation, Dr. G, that that is a different flavor of Watson. And then uh, my sort of down note on this, though, is that set is so claustrophobic. Like the main set they shot on, it was just oh. so like, it just like, I like as I was watching it, I'm like, how small is this country? Because, like, I have had classrooms bigger than this. <laughs> you know, like, one of the clever things I think they did with that is they refer to it as the hunting lodge. Yeah. So that you get away with that a little bit. But I'm glad you picked up on that, too, Dr. G, because I was going to ask the fellas, as you guys notice, we've seen this set before dressed in different ways. Like, that was the set of the Scottish Castle when they went to Scotland. And that was the set of a couple of the other ones when they've been away. So, yeah, this is not, not new to that. Pat, you look like you're going to say something. I said, oh, yeah, I got duped again now that you – I didn't recognize that set. <laughs> yeah, they've used it a few times, shot from different angles, sometimes from the same angle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I distinctly okay. remember it in the one where they went to Scotland and yeah, yeah. Lestrade's cousin was there. It was played by yeah. the same yeah, actor. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Dr. G's got two good eyes of, of, of stuff. on like, good job there in round one. And with that, I believe it's Delvin's take on round one. It was kind of an action-packed one, so I'll say a high. And it was interesting because especially once they got in the jail cell where <laughs> Holmes pulls off his magic tricks or whatever, it's like <laughs> slash three stooges impression, you know, like, yeah, here it is. Here's like, whoop, 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 conk. <laughs> <laughs> he smashed that cat's face, man. Yeah. I mean, there was a couple of so I was like, man, they're getting brutal with the guards. So they kind of picked the action up. And sometimes the episodes are more goofy, but this was a little more action oriented between that and the fencing. Excellent point. And with that, on guard, Pat, it's your turn. Ah, on guard to you as well, too. Um, yeah, I'm going to agree with Delvin on that. Uh, this episode was really a little different than what we're used to. There was no flashback. I was kind of waiting for it. They kind of started leaning in for a flashback. And then I'm like, oh, are they going to flashback? And then no, <laughs> they didn't. They just went on with it as they were going to talk about, you know, where the other two had met and were talking with the princess, or I believe she was, or I can't remember. But this story was really engaging. It had that mystery in maybe kind of three different layers. Where was the poison in? Was it in the? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Was it in the drink? Was it in the sword? And then you find out where it really was, or was it something else? So it was, it kind of had me guessing myself too. I'm like, wait a minute, it's not in the sword? Yeah. A lot of moving pieces, this one. Yeah. Uh, I had to watch this one twice to write the summary. Just because I was like, oh, man, there's a lot of lot of pieces moving on this one. Yeah, and so they go to a lot of places. They go from the hunting lodge to the gypsy camp. Yeah. To prison. Mm-hmm. To back to the hunting lodge. They got a lot out of the 26 minutes. Sometimes they feel like 26 minutes, but this one. This one really, yeah, it really by. used it. It yeah. really used it and, and played it well that I was just so intrigued in it. Jason, on guard. 
I'll just continue with the theme of the mystery. Pat touched on the where was the poison. This was a really good whodunit for me because I was trying to figure out who had the motive, right? And it there was a moment where I would have sworn it was the princess, the woman, the duchess. Uh-huh. I, w- uh-huh. I was thinking that too, yeah. Yeah. And then I thought, well, may- maybe it was the king. Maybe he wanted to pass the duchess to the left-hand side and have her end up with him, you know? <laughs> He's been sitting on that joke all I was, I was. <laughs> out, well played, well played. Yeah, it, it really kept me guessing. And the person it turned out to be was the last person that I thought it was. You know, funny story on that, because he was my first suspect. And then they like, they pulled me away from him so far away. I was like, maybe it was the king. And then I was like, oh, a lot of times they, they make it the person who who's in it, but we haven't seen a lot of them. So maybe it was the gypsy girl. And then whoop, right back to my first well, suspect. Yeah. And that's what I thought, too. Maybe she slipped something. Maybe I missed her like slipping something in when she was reading the poem or something. Yeah, I like that, too. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was a good combination, like Pat was saying, about how was it done? And because you couldn't figure out how it was done, you were, it made it hard to figure out who did it. Yeah, so. good double layer. Uh, let's go into round two. And do you have anything left in the tank, Dr. G, a high or a low or anything like that? Yeah, I, I would have to say, like, my high was the comeuppance of the princess when she was like, I'm going to blackmail my way into you marrying me. Cause I want a throne, and he's like, "I'd have married you if you asked." <laughs> you didn't yeah, have to blackmail me. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "You I jumped like, through a lot of unnecessary hoops." <laughs> it was like, "Ooh, sucks to be you, sister." <laughs> like, and then my low is that I miss the super deductiveness of Holmes. This was like, I mean, this for me, I was like, I feel like you could have gotten almost any PI to solve this one. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, yeah. It, it was very like. With the numbers, there wasn't any of it, any of the sort of, you know, Dr. Bell style, like, ah, well, you can see by this and this and this, which I think, I think that was the goal of the the director. They wanted to make him a little more like grounded and earnest, like studying Scarlet. But, but even in studying Scarlet, he's, he's like picking clues out of like everywhere and, you know, seeing that. And so that was the only thing that I felt was a little disappointing to me in that. You know, that's such a hallmark of Holmes. It didn't really feel like it was there. It was so, it very much felt like, yeah, I mean, this is a mystery without that many moving pieces. So it wasn't really too hard to figure out how to narrow it down. But yeah, so that was my low on it, though. But it's a small low. It was was still a fun. Fair observation. Because again, in my research, I did learn that uh, your instincts, again, serve you well. They wanted to go for a slightly more youthful and adventurous homes than the older, more a little more cantankerous, a little more detail-oriented homes. Yeah. Um, every once in a while, they give us a pretty good mystery, but these are definitely, I would say, I'd be interested in the fellas' take on this as we go around, too. These are definitely have a flavor of adventure and a little bit of comedy, mm-hmm. maybe more so. But no, your instincts serve you really well, Dr. G. You've picked up a lot in just one episode. I'm, I may have read, read the Wikipedia entry. Ah, you cheating <laughs> son of a bitch! <laughs> you know, you, 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 you call it you you call it cheating. I call it enhanced winning. <laughs> ah, it's preparation, and I respect the heck out of it. You know what? We can even cut that part out and just make him look super smart. <laughs> I don't mind. I don't mind pulling that. But yeah, you can do that. I'll let you. No, either way, it's cool. No, I think that's wonderful that you you came prepared. You definitely hit the right highlights. That's for sure. And so with that, we'll go to. Delvin this time. Delvin, round two. 
high, low, and I'd love to kind of get your flavor of how you feel about this home since we sort of started down that path. I'd love to know kind of like the flavor of the time. This was in the 50s, and nowadays, like the last version of Sherlock Holmes that came out, not the movie, but um, Benedict Cumberbatch, you know, we're kind of in the age of, you know, the misanthrope. People are really enamored by, you know, that, you know, I'm kind of mysterious, but maybe a little bit autistic, but at the same time, brilliant, but charming, but endearing, because you can throw so many things at that character. That type of character can be almost anything. What can you do if a misanthrope is in love? What can you do if a misanthrope is in danger? What can you do if, you know, the misanthrope, you know, how's that misanthrope going to figure out clues and stuff like that? And it's always like, oh, so quirky and and that's characterization. And that didn't seem like what they were going for this Sherlock. It didn't seem like it at any point. And so that'll transition to my mostly high, but it's kind of a low at the same time. At the end, I'm glad that they mentioned Lestrade. And because they're kind of like, you know, yeah, I don't admit it to him, but I, I miss him too. And I'm like, I'm, and, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, I miss them too. Because even, <laughs> even though the characters that they had, they had them there for a reason. And it was a very good mystery. I missed that it was Lestrade that wasn't there, possibly Wilkins too, because I feel like some of the best episodes involve Lestrade and that chemistry that they've developed over the course mm-hmm. of these now 34, almost 35 episodes. Yeah, it's it's almost a lot of fun to watch them try to act like they're not friends. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Uh, much of the same way that Pat and I do. Speaking of which, Pat... <laughs> Huh? What you say something? Nothing. No. Oh. Yeah. High, low. Uh, what the yeah. for round two, or or some thoughts on this version of Holmes? Uh, since we went down that path, you ready to duel? I had my palm read earlier, and oh. advised against <laughs> no. it. Yeah. How did I'd you? advise you not to duel? Dad. Jason went to the Miss Cleo School of Palm Read. <laughs> A lot of mercy. Man, oh, you know, I do agree with Delvin on this. My take on this, as it is, you know, you only got twenty some minutes. You got it's a half an hour show, probably. I don't know if this was during prime time. That's a good question. I've never really been clear when it played, but I suspect it was. Okay, suspicion unverified. Let's ask Dad. (laughs) Dad would have been five when it came out. He might remember. So you know, sometime in that time frame. You can't really get the super detective homes in it. You know, you got a half an hour to tell a story unless you're going to, you know, do part one, part two, or part three of a story. So I think this is good enough to draw you into the homes environment. And if you want to get more, you can delve into the books a little bit more on it, is my take. So, like you said, they make it this little fun, interesting romps. And it's like watching Murder She Wrote, you know? Yeah, I, I pick up what you're putting down. I, I feel like that this is going to sound negative. I don't mean it's negative. And maybe they dumbed it down a little bit because yeah, you know, it's a watered down. This is early yeah. television. They don't know what's going to stick and what's not going to stick. So they're like, let's not make the mysteries too complex. Let's make it fun and lighthearted. And mm-hmm. yeah, yep. I, I feel that. Honestly, it's that 30 minute time span. I mean, that's sitcom time. That's not yeah. drama time. And you need like, you need that hour to kind of like unfold mm-hmm. a decent mystery because. You know, they had to like, it was really point A to point B really quick, you know, mm-hmm. like on that one. Cause you, 
I mean, there were, like you said, there were some good, like, at least there's, there's multiple misleads. There was, yeah. And, and misleads there, but like, you know, it was just sort of, well, there's only five people we've seen, so like, yeah. you know, it's 20% chance of them. Right? <laughs> I get it wrong every time, though. I was like, oh. and, well, maybe and it was then, me it was dumbed down for. Yeah, <laughs> that's the case. And I know, although I would like to like mirror something that like Delvin had said, like the sort of like the misanthropic homes is, I think it's actually a bit a real misread of basically homes from uh, Study in Scarlet, where he talks about how like, Watson marvels that he doesn't know certain things that are common knowledge because he like astronomy, <laughs> basic astronomy, because he's like, it does nothing to solve mysteries for me and crimes. So that was kind of a very like he's so focused. He doesn't know these like basic facts about like science and stuff, but he knows all these really specific facts about science when it comes to, you know, how dead bodies become dead bodies and how you figure out how they become dead bodies. <laughs> so I think they played that too much in the later ones. I think House has a lot to answer for <laughs> for what what it did to the the super ultra smart detective. Even though I love the ultra smart detective, it's just that, I don't know. I just watched this and I'm like, you know, I think Jim Rockford would have come up with a different way to solve this, <laughs> and for two hundred dollars a day plus <laughs> plus expenses. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. I definitely view this Holmes as. One that's just kind of laid back and easy to watch. This is what you watch mm-hmm. on a rainy Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just kind of mm-hmm. have fun with it. And uh, you know what? We haven't checked in on the Weasel Skull. He, he gets the last word in this round. What do you think, Jason? To answer your question about my thoughts on the home series in general, I agree with all the folks that said. I mean, for me personally, it's in that range where it's a little more fun, lackadaisical. You can kind of, you know... Just relax, watch it, enjoy it for what it is. If you want the more serious homes, like we talked about before, probably the Jeremy Brett's more for you. But I like it all, so I've really enjoyed this. My last high, I'm going to say, actually it is for the for the set designers and the costume designers and the actors, because I did, you know, like you guys mentioned, I was like, yep, that's the same set. But boy, I, they still had me feeling like, Okay, I'm in the Balkans. And just with some different place settings, different decorations hanging from the wall, different costumes that the gypsies are wearing and things like that really set the tone for me. So, you know, hats off for doing a lot with a little budget. Excellent point, Jason. Excellent point. Does anyone have any last burning highs or lows to get off their chest before we move into fun facts? Ooh, ooh, Jared, I do. I do. (laughs) Everybody uh, put on your surprise face. What you got, Pat? Well, just some simple fun ones that when I was watching this is I got such a big smile on my face in the beginning of watching this, just watching Watson, just tapping along with the gypsy music and just mm-hmm, mm-hmm. having some good vibe. I'm like, oh man, that guy is having some fun. Oh, I want to tack onto that. This baronet may not be in your notes, but gentlemen, we got to see Watson pronounce somebody dead, which is a fan ah, favorite yes. on this show. And my favorite part of that is the dude was obviously like having problems, like maybe perhaps being poisoned or something was wrong. And Watson didn't even get out of his chair. <laughs> no, he, he, was finishing his, he was finishing his steak. You know? Didn't but, get up at all. So that dude was clearly dead. Like, this is going to get cold if I go and help the guy out. Just let me finish this and then I'll help him out. He probably, he probably looked up and was like, he's got five seconds to live. What can I do in five seconds? I do five seconds. Yeah. I can eat this soup. Yeah. You have some steak and some soup. Why yeah. not? Yeah, definitely. No, it was. I noticed that too. I was like, wait, aren't you a doctor? And then it was like, aren't you like 
a former military doctor. <laughs> he, had, like, he had no get up and go for that one. <laughs> kind of like, you, you fought in Afghanistan. <laughs> <laughs> and my other thing was just, how cool is it? You know, I wear glasses. Maybe I should just go to a monocle. I approved. You'd look great with a monocle. Yeah, I yes. think so. Uh, that's a little too Baron Strucker for my taste, but <laughs> uh, you don't have to go down the dark path. I just don't you know if Mr. I got Peanut. the. Yeah, I, <laughs> I just don't know if I got the muscles to kind of keep it where it needs to be. I this fully approved, Pat. I think you have a face made for monocle. Maybe I'll get one for Christmas. Also, radio. Very, very, very <laughs> just wrong. <laughs> very uh, Colonel Clink. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, let's get into the fun facts with Jared. And this time around, I want to talk about the editor of the show. His name is George Gale. He edited 36 to 39 episodes that we're going to be covering here on Saturday Matinee Theater. This is some of his very early work. He became a production manager on over 72 movies to include Rambo from 2008, Expendables 2, the Conan the Barbarian remake with Jason Momoa. He worked all the way up until 2013. Now, bear in mind, this is 1955. Goodness. He worked from here all the way to 2013, and he's still living. He's in his 90s in a retirement home in California. Wow. That is George Gale. Started out as editor of this show. When I say production manager, I noticed most of his credits were post-production, like taking movies to the home video format in the best way possible. So he did a lot of that. He went from editor on the show to doing a sort of a post-production manager on all these big name movies. And, he, and clearly he liked to work with Stallone. He did a few Stallone flicks in there. So yeah, what what an interesting life this guy's led. And you know, this is one of those people that, you know, if it wasn't for podcasts like this, he might not get mentioned. No doubt. Still probably has a Westinghouse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right now he's like juice, lemonade, you know, I don't know. Both. <laughs> I so Orange your apple. Actually I had a question and I don't know if this came up. Who did the narration at the beginning? Because when I heard it, I was like, yeah. Yeah, So it's the actor who does. Okay. So, oh, because he sounded like I was like, is that Bagheera from the Jungle Book? (laughs) Like he sounded exactly (laughs) like that actor. (laughs) Like I was like, at which point I was like, if this is true, it's just risen in a steam in my, in my. (laughs) No, I think it was H. Marion Crawford. And we had a guest on not too long ago who commented about how much they like that he does narration on the show. I can't remember Mm -hmm. who it was. Sorry whoever it was out there, but it was a good comment. Which makes but, sense. I mean, he basically, it was all from, all of the stories are supposed to be from Watson's point yeah, of view anyway. So. Absolutely. Yeah. I did notice, though, that I think maybe everybody, but especially the King Conrad, I do believe he was dubbed. Because I, I felt like the the voice wasn't quite matching, and mm. it was just a little too bolder. Maybe wrong, but I felt like King Conrad was dubbed. We've seen a few dubbed characters on this show before. Well, well I mean, the 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 cast name is very French. Yes, this show and, was made in France. So yeah, yes. so I'm I think there's a lot. There, when I saw that the show was made in France, but it was for like U.S. distribution, I was very like I got a very like Highlander the series vibe of, <laughs> of like, yeah. you know where if you watch that show, like all the French actors are ADR'd out. Yeah, and, and have like the worst ADRing of like people who do not sound like the, those people look <laughs> at all. In that show. Awesome. 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 Well, with that, there can be only one pipe rating per person. So <laughs> let's get into <laughs> our pipe. I feel, I, I'm like so depressed and yet somehow proud of that joke all at once. <laughs> um, 
Let's get into our pipe ratings. If you give it all five of your pipes, that means you loved it. Four means you thought it was very good. Three was good. And two was eh, just okay. And one, I did not like it. We will start with Jason. I'm going to give it a four. It was good action, good mystery, good supporting cast. I liked that it was set in the Balkans, got us out of London for a little while, at least on the set. And uh, the only reason I don't give it a five is it's really missing uh, Lestrade and Wilkins. Fair enough. Let's go to Pat. I am with Jason as well on the four great mystery characters and set as well. And I did miss that camaraderie between Watson, Holmes, and Lestrade. So there was something that just needed to kick it to that five for me. Understood. Delvin? You can take both the other gentlemen's comments and copy paste them. I would have faked a five had other folks said five. <laughs> I would have faked it just just to get to everybody get up. But since we I don't have to, I will go with my honest four. I, I did think it was very good. I actually agree. So we got a whole bucket full of fours, and all we got left is to <laughs> find out what Dr. G thought. So I'm actually giving it a two. And that'll be all, Dr. Wait. G. Thanks for stopping by. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, Ooh. is he trying to be Jared? Yeah, he's being me on uh, a Crusavis ah. episode in the future. Uh, oh. go, <laughs> go ahead. Go so, ahead, Dr. G. Go ahead. So the, the reason to give it a two is that since this is kind of like the first time I've seen this version of, of Holmes, mm-hmm. not having like the Baker Street and, and London oh, and, okay. and the trappings – because immediately was glaringly like not like home seeing like a little smudge of ink on a guy's show, cuff link and knows that he's the one who did it sort of mm-hmm. thing. It was mm-hmm. it was much more like eh, I think a actually a pretty decent police detective could have solved this as well. And so for me, that's kind of what got me because it was sort of you know giving a character outside of their normal location as your first introduction can't always be the best or isn't always the best. Cause you're like, wait, is this, you know, cause I, I, yeah, that was the only thing other than that. I mean, it, it's just, it's a home story for sure. You know, like Holmes is like, you know, being smart and figuring it out. And Watson, like I said, there was, this was a, like a lot better Watson too, than your Basil Rathbone, uh, you know, Rathbone and like Nigel Bruce uh, Watson and Holmes sort of dynamic right. there. But, but yeah, it was just, I think, had I seen one where he was in London, it would probably hit better for me. Now, you know, that makes perfect sense coming from your perspective, because the yeah. rest of us know all the trappings. We know what the apartment looks like back in England. We know, yeah. you know, Lestrade, we know Wilkins. No, that makes perfect sense. Cause like it's built into us and you're just like, okay, so Holmes is off in a hunting lodge somewhere. And, uh, okay. <laughs> no, he, okay. No, he does have a scene when they're out and about. So he is wearing the deer stalker. So like, I mean, because that's the that's the thing. There's like there's some visual cues to, especially at that time, to like who Sherlock Holmes is. The you know the deerstalker and 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 the hat, the trench coat, and you know this was a lot of like dining room, parlor room uh-huh. sort of yeah. hangouts. You yeah. know, so so it was just sort of like uh, is that you know it felt more like Murder She Wrote in many ways. That's fair. No, than than that, and 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 I have a thing about Murder She Wrote because. You know, Jessica Fletcher is clearly the angel of death yes. because it follows her everywhere <laughs> she goes. Yes. I mean, once once you have to solve a murder on a plane while it's flying, 
I think you might need to s- assume that you're the <laughs> yeah. cause. Yeah, maybe it's you, Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. You know, missed opportunity for the other guys who know the trappings of this show. I feel like there's a missed opportunity in this one where you know how Watson is, the ladies like him. It would have been nice if the gypsy girl had kind of, you know, liked him. He did that usual, totally uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I see what well, you're doing where, with that. That's where I thought where he was really digging that her dancing in the beginning. Oh, that's true. He was into it. I mean, she yeah. was a she was a pretty girl. So I mm-hmm. can get it. Well, with all that said, let's get into the 221B mailbag. We are thrilled to kick off these comments with special shout outs to our Crusaders Club members. These are the fine folks who have joined our crusade. They enjoy early access to special long box episodes, voting on show content, raffle prizes, so much more. These are the folks reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show. And Helica Wolf. Oh. 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 Auburn Elvis. Bill Beer. Blast it or stash it. Braxton Underwood. Clinton Robinson. Dave Collins. Gary V. Gerald Green. Jeremy L. Jim Jammer and Jammer and Jammer and Jammer. We're Jammer and Jammer and two. Joe Thomas. John Watson. Jose Boyo. Josh Strickland. Slacker. Kathy Bray. The monstrous Mark Hatherley. Maxwell Traver. Michael Wagner. Miranda W. P.D. Devins. Paul Hicks. Rick Jeff and Rick Presents. Rob Morgan. Ross Michaud. Ryan Daly. Oh, that guy. <laughs> Samantha Maney. Sean Urbanski. I like how it ends with a question mark. <laughs> Urbanski. <laughs> Urbanski. No, I like it. Let's go. Steve Cronin. Tim Price. Toronto Cop. And Brad Morin. If we miss anyone on our list, we apologize. Keep in mind, we record these episodes well in advance of release. So if you're a recent addition, we'll add you soon. But no worries. Just let us know that we missed you by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com. We'll get it straightened out. You might be asking yourself, how do I become a Crusaders Club member? Hey, Jared. Yeah, man. How do I become a Crusaders Club member? It's very simple, Delvin. Just go to patreon.com slash longboxcrusade. For as little as a dollar a month, you get access to the amazing... Jared, 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 I forgot to mention. I was asking for Jason. Uh, (laughs) Then it's impossible. You weren't supposed to say that part out loud. (laughs) Oh, dang it, dang it. Shoot. (laughs) But if you're not Jason, again, it's patreon.com slash longboxcrusade. For as little as a dollar a month, you get access to the amazing world of Crusaders Club. Come check it out. If you use coupon code not Jason, you save 250%. <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm going to use the coupon code not Jason. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Inception. <laughs> now, if you don't have any extra scratch laying around, you still want to help us out here at LBC headquarters, just take a minute to write a review on iTunes for this podcast. You want to keep it short with star ratings? That's cool. We just want to raise the profile of the show so that we can attract more fans of old TV, serials, movies, and whatnot to the program. And if you leave us a review, we'll read it in its entirety on the next episode. Okay, no feedback on this one, folks. We will be getting to your feedback eventually. We are just a little behind on our editing, but we will catch up someday and give you all the props you deserve. I hope you guys are enjoying the show, and we do appreciate all the interactions you give us on social media. And with that, I'm going to give it to Jason to wrap this up. Well, that's it for this episode of Saturday Matinee Theater. If you'd like to hear more from us in the realm of comic books, check out the Long Box Crusade. Pat, where can they find that? Well, Jason, I'm glad you asked. You can find us on the iTunes, Google Play, and most podcatchers, or at www.longboxcrusade.com. We're also on Twitter at Longbox Crusade, Facebook, Instagram, as well at Longbox Crusade. 
Back to you, Jason. And if you want to hear us track through all things James Bond, check out on Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. Jared, where can they find that? Well, Jason, I'm glad you asked. I'm just going to ask our roommate who is here with us today to help us out with this. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. Christopher Walken. Okay, Automatic Secret Podcast, it's on iTunes and Google Play and your podcasts. And you can go to www.secretpodcast.podbean.com. On Twitter, it's at OHMSPod. If that's all, I'm go back to my room now. It's, it smells weird in there. I'm not going to lie. It's like scotch and debauchery. <laughs> no debauchery out of smell, but it's in there. <laughs> did, well, did we thanks, agree, Chris. Did we agree to give Chris... Walk in the room? I don't know. I'm not sure that we ever agreed to give Sean the room. <laughs> Apparently, he moved to Sean's room. Where are the funds coming to pay for his flight here? <laughs> I don't even know how he got but here. Is he just following us around somehow? I, I think he came by blimp. Well, James, <laughs> James Bond humor. For I was going to say, nice James Bond. <laughs> Look, blimps can go pretty fast if they're chasing after, you know, damsels. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Uh, back to Jason. If you'd like to chat with us online, we can be found at Delvin Kick Us Off. I can be found on Twitter at DEE underscore RAY 1977 Pat. Well, Delvin, I'm glad you asked. You can find me on the Twitter at Christatos01. Jared? I am at Yard Sale Artist Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's all at Yard Sale Artist and probably at your local Kentucky Fried Chicken. Over to you, Jason. You can find me at Weasel Skull on Twitter or Jason Albrecht on Facebook or Instagram. And Dr. G, why don't you round us out and tell us where the good folks can find you? You can find me at Pulp to Pixel, Pulp, the letter two, number, sorry, number two and Pixel on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And uh, you can also follow the Pulp to Pixel podcasts, which includes Marvel Secret Wars and Beyond. And the never-ending reading pile with uh, my other co-hosts, Sean and Greg Arusha at pulptopixel.com or on iTunes and any of the other many podcatchers out there. Well, thank you very much, Dr. G. We really loved having you today. And if you good folks want to interact with us with live chat and be entered to win some free stuff on our live raffles, join us for our next episode of Doing It Live Stream over on YouTube. We do them on the second Sunday of every month, and we always start at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. You can get signed up for that by looking up Longbox Crusade on YouTube. Please subscribe to our channel and click the bell so you'll get reminder notifications for when we go live. Well, thanks for joining us for this episode of Saturday Matinee Theater. Get your utility belt stocked up and find the boy wonder because our next episode will continue our journey through the 1943 Batman serial. We'll see you next episode for Chapter 4, Slaves of the Rising Sun. The meetup location? Gotham City. Gotham City.